dinosaurs. Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these. Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host, Pez, and you're here to preview round 18 on the Cheeky Punt Pod show. And we are going to also be looking and reviewing at the end of round 17 from last week. We are here on a Saturday and two games have already been played in this round 18. And I'm here with Source. Nothing better to do on a Saturday morning when you've got footy-packed weekend coming up. Yeah, welcome, guys. You're right, Pez. Nothing better to do than sit down on a Saturday morning and uh, talk footy. Normally, you get the newspaper open, you read about the Friday night game, have your brekkie, have your. Uh, it's a bit early for Bev, so maybe if you're drinking a coffee or a milkshake or an orange juice, you're having one of those and uh, looking forward to the, the weekend of footy. That's it, looking forward. And um, I'm, I'm a bit more uh, happier and relieved because I don't have to uh, sit there and hope for other teams to win and lose by this mount, uh, margin and things like that because my Saints, we're in. Yeah, I thought you'd be uh, I'm a bit surprised you didn't open the show with it, uh, Pez, because I thought there would have been one thing that you would have been all over is about the Saints. And just like I told you at the start of the year, Pez, in you know, in Source We Trust, you've got to get on and uh, I told you that you'd make finals. And uh, you know what, mate? The Saints are coming. The Saints are coming. You heard it here first, Pez? Yeah. <laughs> the Saints are coming. Like, we're all up and about. In Rats We Trust because... Uh, He's taken us, taken us here. It's, a, it's an achievement in itself, but as a St Kilda supporter, that's probably going to be our, our highlight, isn't it? We've, we've got to try and uh, continue to grow as a, as a side. Finals footy will be good for all these players that haven't experienced that before and played that before. So I'm looking forward to see who our opponent will be, if it'll be uh, Collingwood or the Western Bulldogs or something like that. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, and we will get into uh, those finals matchups and finals predictions probably next week on our end of season show where we go through the finals and predictions and you know we reflect on uh, the teams that made it the teams that didn't um but for now pairs we need to, to focus on uh the current we need to go back and review our uh, our round 17. Review. It's no official review how does it end we don't know they've kind of lost but they've won as well that's right, Pez. Uh, it's been. I feel like it's been a little while. I feel like we've heard that uh, that tune uh, th- very regularly in the last probably couple of weeks. But uh, we are reviewing our full round seventeen, um, reviewing the last three games of the Sunday Monday from our seventeen point three, as well as going back and looking at our ROI. So, Pez, over to you. Yeah, we'll start off with our ROI. So uh, I staked the max on on the show here, sta- uh, staked 200, returned $149.30, ROI of minus 25.35%. So we've got one round to go, hopefully try and get that positive happening. But uh, for my season source, I'm pretty happy where I'm sitting at the moment. Uh, staked a total of $3,265 and returned $3,938. So hopefully that can get over the 4000 mark uh, this round. ROI of 20.61%. Not a bad little return there, Pez. Um, we do keep going into the um, the actual final season, but uh, it'll be good for you to actually end the actual regular season in positive. It's been a while since you've done that. Normally you get all your collections in the finals. Oh, or, or I get the collection in, um, what was it, November or October when the when the big multi played out. Huh? 
Yeah, most definitely. But it is good that you're going to probably you're most definitely going to finish the season in positive because you can only bet the two hundred. So, well done, Pez. Uh, nice positive return for you uh, for for the year. Yeah, and if you told me that at the start of the year, I'd definitely take that because what's our aim as punters is to uh, be in the green. To be in the green, mate, and uh, I wish I could say the same for my round 17. I did fall off the horse a little bit after I thought I was bouncing back from round 16. I staked 145, returned $84.30, an ROI of 58.13%. That means for the year I've staked 2,720 and returned 2,993 dollars. And don't forget that 95 cents ROI target have hit and are remaining at that 10%, 10 10.7%, where I did aim at the the start of the season to get to. So hopefully have a good round here and uh, can go over my expected ROI, my predicted ROI. Yeah, you've got a a little bit of profits there to play with, about 270 odd dollars. So you can't go under, you'll finish the season in a positive. So well done, but uh, you want to try and stay over that 10%. So hopefully we can get a few winning bets. Hopefully we can, Pez. Well, let's uh, let's talk about uh, the games and how we actually got there. We start off things on the uh, Sunday afternoon, if I remember correctly, Pez. It was uh, Carlton versus Adelaide. It was Carlton versus Adelaide. So um, my round, as as uh, listeners know beforehand, didn't start off too well because I, I trusted in North not to be a joke of a footy club and had a Fremantle one to thirty nine. It didn't kind of it didn't quite work out for me, but. On the Sunday, it was okay. I had uh, Harry McKay, most goals between Harry McKay and Levi Casbolt. I thought that was absolute value on top sport there. $2.24 was the price, so I put 20 on that. So uh, doubled up in a bit bit more because uh, McKay had the most goals in the game. And, uh, yeah, a lot more than Casbolt. Yeah, yeah, kicking 4-2, that'll happen, won't it, Pez? You know, having a lot of – 4-1, sorry, getting a lot of shots on more goal. Uh, and he looked good early too, And but uh, Carlton did not look good and they got absolutely pantsed by Adelaide right from the get-go. They uh, started out with a massive um, deficit of five goals, three in the first quarter, uh, and uh, the Crows led it from there. Yeah, it had to be really disappointing. Uh, being a Carlton supporter at the moment because uh, they they dish up the same thing every single year. They they give them hope, and they they play well against some some decent sides. Like they beat Geelong earlier in the season as well, and um, you think, oh, a Carlton turning the corner. They've got a really good young young core there, but uh, they just continue to disappoint towards the end of the season every year. Yeah, and we spoke about on the last show, pairs that they you know in order for Carlton to be regarded as a as a team that's competitive for finals is they need to beat the teams below them and Carlton continuously fail at doing that and losing to the, you know, the at one stage winless Crows this year, they hadn't hadn't won in over a year and a half. Uh, It's just not good enough. And as a a Carlton supporter, you'd be banging your head against the wall. They almost did it the week before against, um, who was it, against Fremantle? Sydney. uh, Against Sydney, Sydney, sorry, against Sydney. uh, And to to dish up that back-to-back terrible performances and not escape with a win, it's just, I, I don't know where next from Carlton. You know what's really, really poor about their season? You go back and look at uh, round 15 where they played the Giants and they were up by about four goals early in that in that game and they let the Giants come back in and the Giants just turn a switch and play one quarter of footy. Uh, that's a joke by Carlton to, to be able to let them in because if they won that game, Source, they put themselves in perfect stead. They won If they won that game, the next week they played Sydney, won that game, they'd already be on 32 premiership points. And then you look at last week's game, going to Adelaide, if they beat Adelaide, so just those two wins, they could have been playing finals this year. Yeah, and it's not the 
there were many times this year that uh, Carlton looked good. You look back earlier on in the year where they were up by, what was it, 40-something points against... Uh, they let themselves get down by 40-something points against Melbourne and then come back and lose by a point or so. Like, that's, that. you know, they're, they're a good enough football side when they play four quarters to be able to... You know, they've shown that their talents on the park and they can produce some great wins. They beat Geelong earlier in the year. You know, they really took it to, to um, Port Adelaide earlier in the year. Um, and they can remain competitive for parts of the game. But you're right, you gotta you got to take hold of your own destiny and beat the teams that you should beat. And then you can f- afford to sneak a few against the, the premiership contenders. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really disappointing because you can look back across the whole season for a whole range of different teams and, and think, what if, um, and, we, and we make it here, like... You talk about St Kilda making it into the final source. St Kilda had some horrible losses this year as well. They lost to North when they were up by six goals. They lost to Fremantle when they were up by six goals. They lost to Melbourne. And then they had that loss to West Coast last week. So there's four games that they probably should have won. Um, and they're, they're still in the finals. So they've played consistent enough footy to be able to do that. Yeah, I knew you'd find a way to, to bring it back to St Kilda, mate. All right, we get it. You're in the finals. Just let's let's focus on the teams that didn't. I know you're normally, you know, um, in, in custom of talking about teams that don't make finals because that's normally you. But look, let's just leave St Kilda out of it. Oh, well, I was I was actually saying a negative <laughs> thing about St Kilda there with the with the games that we that we lost there. But um, yeah, really really disappointing. Um, I'm sure for all Carlton supporters out there. They need to expect big things from that club in the off-season and uh, going into 2021. Yeah, hopefully uh, Eddie Betts uh, doesn't hang up the boots, goes around one more time, and they can get some um, more consistent from uh, more consistency from that forward line that seems to disappear at times times throughout the year. Speaking of disappointing, uh, that's exactly what my bet was. I had my old mate Ben Keys to get twenty. He looked really, really good early, getting a lot of the pill, and then the third quarter slowed down a bit, falling two possessions short of his twenty. Ed Kerno got sixteen possessions, so my two little league same game multis that have been doing me uh, doing some good stead. Failed in that occasion, so I walked away with a loss in that one. Yeah, it's um, not good. Your man, Ben Keyes, you've been absolutely all over him, and I've been jumping on board for him as well. He's still really good value to get 15, actually, so um, have a look at that for this round if you're doing any same-game multis. I will. <laughs> all right, let's get into the next game. Um, it was an interesting game, this one. A couple of years ago, you probably would have thought this would have been um, an absolute classic, but this one was absolutely boring as in the first quarter. Uh, Hawthorne played the Doggies, and uh, the Doggies took control, and they looked like they were going to score um, probably uh, close to 110, 120 points, uh, but uh, Hawthorne's found a way to slow them down in the second half. Yeah, Hawthorne put in, put in fight there, but... Um... The Bulldogs, they, they looked really strong with Hawthorne only kicking one goal up to halftime. And uh, the Bulldogs had seven, but they, they could have had a lot more. And uh, I thought they were going to just put the accelerator down and try and boost their percentage a little bit as well, just to make it uh, no doubts for the following weeks and things like that. But all they need to do is win. So they only need to beat Fremantle this week to um, solidify their spot in the finals as well and uh, get back in there. So uh, Hawthorne put up a fight at the end. Interesting to see what they do with their list management. And, um, and how they go with their, their age demographic at Hawthorne. But uh, I guess we had to expect Hawthorne to, to be down the bottom and maybe start a bit of a rebuild sooner or, sooner or later. Yeah, it, you know, it's funny you say, um, you know, you sort of got to expect, but anyone who's under the age of 20 probably hasn't even seen Hawthorne or don't even know what the product of Hawthorne is uh, in, in a rebuild and being down the bottom. They are just the pillar of success and they've always been there and they've always found a way to sort of surprise. You remember... Was it last year that they came out of nowhere? Um, most people expected them to miss the eight, and they finished, you know, uh, fifth, uh, and somehow, oh, they finished fourth, and they got uh, put out in straight sets or something. 
but they they're, they're one of those teams that it, they have never really faced a rebuild. They we know yep. that historically they do not go through the draft. So really interested to see what they do in the off season because if you look at their list, there are people and their age demographic. They, you know they fielded one of the oldest teams this year. Um, with the average age of, uh, I think it was 29, 29 and a half or 29.7 or something like that. So really interested to see what they do, not only with Clarkson, but what they do with that list and how many people get the uh, the kind tap on the shoulder and, uh, you know, use the bunny ears and uh, d- decide to retire. Yeah, and um, it, it was at our, our good friend um, Daniel Gorringe on Twitter. He always uh, says this is about the time of the year where you do the Daniel Gorringe and you just put your hand up first uh, when you get the tap on the shoulder because retirement looks better than delisted on your on your resume. <laughs> yeah, it does. It most definitely. And um, speaking of delistings, we saw yesterday with North Melbourne unloading eleven players. Who you know, it's hard to when you get delisted from a club that's poor, you know, or that didn't make finals. It's really hard to try and you know justify another club picking them up and trying to work it you know trying to find that'll be successful because generally when you're getting rid of players you're not looking for for the future and you know you're just saying you know what we try them they didn't work so I'm really interested in observing uh, Hawthorne's movements over the next uh, off season period. Yeah, um, well, North has just um, put the axe over those eleven players, haven't they? I was actually having a chat to one of my mates who's a big uh, North supporter, and I was just. Um, congratulating him on the end of the season and how it's <laughs> how it's over for him. He doesn't have to go through it anymore. And uh, he, he sent back the delistings and he said, I'm wrapped about this. He goes, how good is this? They're, they're actually doing something. And I said, mate, you guys needed to rebuild 10 years ago. You've just held on, held on, held on way too long. They had to gut it out and they, I think they're finally starting to realise that. Yeah, and it was very funny listening to – I know we were meant to be talking about Hawthorne Western Bulldogs, but – very funny listening to some of the message boards and watching on Facebook and, you know, Twitter and all that. And people were going nuts. They're like, oh, this player here, you know, you know, oh, they've, they've been playing really well. You can't say they've been playing well. You guys, you guys have been atrocious. And you can't have it both ways. You can't keep the players that have been okay and still expect to be good. You know, it's North Melbourne. I'm glad that as a football club they're finally taking some responsibility and they're saying, you know what, we're out, we're done. We're giving this up and we are rebuilding. Yeah, and you look at some of the names and they're not really a lot of household names. You've got Jamie McMillan who probably served uh, a good tenure at North and was in their list uh, a lot because they have been a poor side. Um, but interesting one, Jasper Pittard, they they picked him up. They're excited about him. He's gone. He, he can't really kick the footy, can he? And uh, interesting one for you, Source, Mason Wood, can he find another home? Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I guess he can. I mean, he, he's, he's young enough and he's showed enough sort of nouse around around the footy to be able to do it. But I think, again, the skill level of the players that they're delisting just isn't elite skill skill level. And I don't see a team picking him up and expecting something different. Like, you know, for example, like you could make an argument for Magic Door, yeah? Like North Melbourne played him in out of position in the second half of the year, and, and that's when he sort of fell down a bit. But Mason Wood, where else would you play him around the ground where you expect a different result? His skill level just isn't up to it, like... Yeah, it's it's a tough one. I think uh, someone will possibly take a chance on him. I, I know they've got um, they're probably going to have reduced list sizes and things like that as well. So it'll be even more difficult for these guys to get get another chance at, at footy. But um, they obviously have the skill to make it there. Do they have the skill and the belief and the heart to 
to keep pushing and try and get into another club. We we don't know because being delisted from North doesn't look good on the old resume. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't make it look good at all. You, you are correct there, Pez. But uh, that just sort of indicates that we had no bet in this game because we're talking about North Melbourne's delisting. <laughs> Uh, but I steered cleared, you steered cleared. It was the, the doggies in a pretty non-event uh, by 36. And uh, I'm glad we could talk. Uh, North. You know, North Melbourne supporters will be very happy here that we actually spoke about them without uh, going crazy about them, Pez. And you weren't let off the leash. And you actually, I believe there was some praise in there for the club. So unbelievable. It's a shame it had to come through a game review of Hawthorne <laughs> and Western Bulldogs. But we got their fans. We finally got Pez on the positive with the North. Well, they've they've finally done it. I don't know. I, you want me to go on to there? I don't want to get into Reece Shaw, but um, if you if you want some entertainment, some comedy gold, listen to Reece Shaw's uh, press conferences, and especially the ones that he does at, at halftime. Okay, if you can play them, just I want to actually media manager. I want them on loop from round one all the way through every halftime press conference that um, Reece Shaw's done back to back. I will watch that. All summer long. All right, I'll uh, I'll speak to the media manager and get that done. Uh, speaking of uh, things that we need to get done, we need to get through this review, Pez. Let's get on to uh, <laughs> the Sydney Brisbane game. We finished off the uh, Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening with uh, a game that uh, was it was an interesting one. I, I thought the Swans were going to actually take it to Brisbane, and early on it looked like they were going to be competitive, uh, but uh, Brisbane sort of put the put the foot down and uh, actually started to kick uh, a little bit more accurately than usual. Yeah, which was um, yeah, they'd want to start kicking accurate as well coming into finals. They need to beat uh, Carlton to really guarantee that top two finish this week and and go from there. But a thirty-two point win was pretty comfortable in the end when Sydney did start strong in that first quarter. Uh, I had a same game multi here with the the bonus special. Didn't need to use it thankfully, which was really good. Jake Lloyd to have twenty disposals got that easily. Charlie Cameron to kick a goal. Hipwood to kick a goal, and the Brisbane Lions halftime full time double which uh, got through, got up, had the max on that at a, just over $2 odds, so doubled in a little bit, which was uh, good for my for my return. Yeah, it was uh, very good for your return. I almost, uh, well, I escaped with a bonus bet, but realistically I thought I should have won that. Uh, Sydney falling asleep in that last quarter and really costing me my uh, three-leg same-game multi. I had Jared Lyons to get 20. He did that. Uh, I had the Swans to get within 25.5 points, uh, but that last goal by Zach Bailey made sure that I wasn't getting that and, and a missed opportunity from Patley, who was sort of been out of form and, you know, um, again, continued to, to miss easy shots in front of goal. And I had Jake Lloyd to get his 25, which he gets just on kickouts alone. So I escape with a bonus bet that uh, I'll uh, probably play down tomorrow, Pez. Yeah, well, um, I guess you got the bonus bet. So that's always a positive because you can you can try and get that back. But uh, I, I had the win. I don't have a, another bet for this round source because uh, the Collingwood Gold Coast game, I, I did steer clear. So this one's on you. Yeah, it was a, a game that uh, I was looking forward to because I, I enjoy watching Gold Coast Suns, but uh, it was a bit of a non-event. It was a, a really, really weird sort of sort of game. Um, I had a I had a massive bit of a hail mary. I had my bonus bet. Uh, oh no, I won't play my bonus bet, Pez, because I've already played that. Sorry, uh, that's why it wasn't in my account. I'm like, sit my well, well, hang on a tick. What, well, why haven't I played a bonus bet? But uh, I already already played it, so good to see I'm on the ball as usual. Um, and I had a pretty decent sort of crack at a, a, a bit of a hail mary play, Pez. Uh, and I did pretty well, but the, the leg that I missed, a uh, bit disappointed with, and um, I want to get your thoughts on this, Pez, because I had a big, long discussion with one of our uh, followers, one of our fans on Twitter, Finstar, 
uh, multiple A's in that name. Um, he was a little bit disappointed because he had um, Pendlebury to get over 20 and uh, 20, 20 disposals, and he had Maynard to get over 20 disposals. And what made it really disappointing for him is that when he looked at the contested possessions, uh, Pendlebury had 23 contested possessions. So he was like, you know, he was protesting and he was like, oh, I'm going to send this off to, to TAB and Sportsbet and get them to review it. But uh, he, he was saying that why isn't there a market for possessions, not disposals? Oh, come on, Finster. You, you can't be can't be jumping on board with that. There's a, that's actually a lot. Uh, that happens a lot in the, the punting groups around there. Possessions are different to disposals because a player can pick up the ball and get tackled sore. So they possess the ball but they don't dispose of it. So you do have to be aware of that when you when you are punting. And uh, a lot of people look at the dots, I guess, on the AFL app and they count the, the possessions and they say, oh, this player had 15 disposals because I can count 15 dots. But yeah, they might've had 18 possessions, but they only had 14 disposals. So uh, yeah, be aware of that when, you, when you're punting. Yeah, you are funny that because I had multiple screenshots sent to me of the dots and he's like, look, count the dots, if the dots, and I'm like, yeah, come on, come on there, Finster, don't be that person. You know, I thought, you know, I thought Finster was a bit more, a uh, bit more switched on with the, the gambling Twitter, but eventually he did concede that, you know, <laughs> possessions and disposals were different. So um, on that long little ramble, I end up missing, um, unbelievable to think that I missed um, Pendlebury getting 20 disposals by one disposal and he had no disposals in the first quarter absolutely ridiculous yeah. had no disposals in the first quarter and he finished one shy of 20 what what a freak yeah it's uh, very surprising to see a player of that caliber go disposalless in a quarter which is um it was strange to watch and hear what the commentators were talking about he came out in the second quarter and got the engine running there so uh they shored up their finals berth as well with that with that win last week over gold coast and and went from there so the bonus bet didn't salute I have to quickly um, discuss my uh, cheeky multi that I did across the day source because we we spoke about last week and you said which uh, legs am I, you know, most worried about. Now I did say the Carlton one to thirty nine leg was probably my main worry. Uh, I didn't know that they were going to lose. I thought they may win by forty plus against Adelaide, but they disappointed. And uh, Jack Scrimshaw and those were the two that that lost out of out of that uh, eleven leg multi. Yeah, well, that's a bit disappointing then, isn't it? Uh, that's a, And that's normally the way it is. Uh, well, actually, do you know what? Normally it's not. Normally it's those two get up in flying colours. And uh, one of the guarantees, like I just spoke about, the, the Pendlebury's 20 disposals or, you know, the you know uh, Tom Mitchell to get 15, they're not normally ones that let you down. Those sort of ones that you sort of back your dollar one, dollar two in, but uh, they're the cursed ones, Piers, the ones you try and stay avoid. Yeah, so uh, that didn't that didn't come out with, the, with two missing out of the 11 legs there but your little multi came up so yeah that's, my, that's good my little three-legger Fremantle nine and a half I wish I'd uh, picked my own line with that one and gone absolutely ridiculous with that uh, and then Port Adelaide to to win and the doggies to win so uh, um, nice little uh, salute there $28.30 to the account uh, which helps me tick it along and stopped my deficit for the round being uh, too bad but uh, we we kick on Pez into to round 18 the last round of the the, the season that's it. Now, um, we had to, we didn't record, obviously, before the first two games. So we did put uh, the West Coast North Melbourne bets out on Twitter source. So interesting to see how we went. I was all over Josh Kennedy and in my personal as well, I loaded up on uh, Josh Kennedy. I had him head to head in goals and most goals and two goals and three goals and things like this and uh, went off with an injury and didn't come back on. 
Yeah, a bit disappointing with that, Pez. It was very funny because we were messaging back and forth. And when you sent me the message, um, I was having dinner and you know, all this and that. And then I looked at my phone and I, I, as as I looked at my phone and saw that you're all over Kennedy, uh, down he went. And I thought, oh, that's oh, poor, poor Pez. <laughs> might, yep. ne- might need to that's send him a message. That's unfortunate. Like that. <laughs> it's, it's, that's the worst feeling, isn't it, when you load up on one player and you're sort of like, you know what? Everything relies on this. And then uh, <laughs> in the first quarter or the first half, they go down. I shouldn't laugh about it because it happens way too often to, to laugh about. Um, but but uh, yeah, yeah, that's um, that's the risk we take as well when you when you go on players, and uh, I guess that's the advantage that uh, the betting agencies also have as well. Because if a player goes off injured, they can't kick a goal or they can't get those disposals. They they probably could get some possessions there sitting on the bench with crutches or something. <laughs> Finster would be happy about that. They can possess the ball if it goes over the line or something, and they pick it up. But they're not going to dispose of it. It's not going to count on the stats. <laughs> I like that one, Piz. I really do like that one. The old uh, throw the ball back to the umpire as he's throwing it in. <laughs> yeah, I had a three-leg yeah. same-game multi, and mine uh, was no good. I missed the mark on this one. West Coast over the last month uh, – sorry, North Melbourne over the last month have uh, uh, continued to have this 30-and-a-half line of minus 30-and-a-half, sorry, and every single week for the last month they've uh, come under it. So why would you not expect them to do that again? They actually showed some fight and some heart. Uh, they obviously knew that the delistings were coming – uh, but uh, that was one of my legs, and that obviously failed. I did think in the last quarter I was a sneaky shot uh, when they were 20, 22 points up the, the West Coast Eagles, but um, a couple of late snags from North Melbourne made sure that didn't get up. I had Shannon Hearn to get 15. He was on fire. And Tim Kelly, his, uh, I love watching him play, but he goes missing for parts of the game way too often, and I'm really concerned that he's not having that consistency, and I can't work out why, because when he was at Geelong, apparently unhappy with being at Geelong and wanting to be out in Perth, he was having a major consistency. Is it him or is it the West Coast Eagles system and his style of football? Um, I think he was really consistent about a month ago when they had a, a full-strength uh, midfield squad. I think there's more, more pressure and more time going into him from other clubs because you are missing the bulk of your midfield in there if you're a West Coast uh, Eagles player. So the, the load comes on Tim Kelly and I think other other clubs are, are planning for that. So if they get their bulk of their midfield back, I'm, I'm pretty confident that he will be able to bring that consistency back up. But uh, he's usually one to break a tag. But you talk about Geelong, they've always had a very strong midfield source, Geelong, and um, Tim Kelly just slotted in there nicely and was able to be really consistent because... The other teams were putting so much time into other players like Dangerfield. Yeah, he's one of those products of, uh, you know, similar to like, you know, Joel Selwood early in his career. Such an elite footballer, but having that talent around you to help you grow and develop makes a big difference. Uh, and when you are left as the lone soldier, sometimes you, a team's put a little bit more work in and it's hard to break through. You know, it takes a little uh, time to adjust whether the coaching or the player. So I love that answer, Pez. That's exactly what I was leaning towards. So I'm glad that you, uh, you saluted that, just how good Geelong's midfield was. Just... Uh, just <laughs> oh, get, get off. You, know, you guys have to win tomorrow to get that top four, so hopefully you guys can do that. Uh, but uh, we move on to the St Kilda game, and uh, just a bit of a steer clear. It was both a, a steer clear for both of us, Pez. Um, I was sort of leaning towards the Giants in this one. I thought that, you know what, surely they have to you know break the trend of just being extremely disappointing, but they really kicked themselves out of it. Um, even though they controlled sort of that second quarter, they really uh, kicked themselves out of it with inaccuracy. Yeah, and the Giants, I was actually all over the Saints, not just because I was a Saints supporter. I was confident they could beat the Giants because I've watched the Giants very closely in the past few weeks and uh, their performance against Adelaide will probably 
is probably the most disappointing performance of the season, uh, I would say, for any any club. And they've just been so, so poor. They lost to Melbourne last week uh, when... If they win one of those games, they're probably fighting last night for a final spot. They they put themselves out of it with their poor percentage, and uh, they they just can't get that ball inside fifty. Their their bottom six are, are really starting to get exposed, and the the talent farm that is GWS they're, they're sending talent off everywhere else in the in the competition and not being able to keep it. And yeah, it's just really really worrying that they put Leon Cameron there for another two years because. I, I don't know if he's the right man for the job because he can't get any consistent heart from this club. Totally agree, Pez. Um, and it's really concerning signs for the Giants because they lost to three of the four bottom teams that are going to finish last, you know, in the, in the bottom half of the of the ladder. Lost to Adelaide, lost to North of Melbourne. Yes, it was early, but they lost to Sydney as well. They, they beat Hawthorne pretty convincingly. But the, the amount of talent they've got and the, the game style that they're playing is just just sluggish and slow and it's it's not what makes GWS so exciting. I remember sitting with you, Pez, watching that Collingwood game and high-risk, high-reward football, everyone trusting each other, using the first option without even thinking about it. It's like they're downing every single kick that they're having and that they want to be so perfect in every sort of execution of kick that they're not taking any risks and they're not able to, to allow their best football to come out and, and be seen. It's unbelievable because we've seen it from GWS in the past. They are so talented and so skillful, but they just they just lack something. And I'm not sure what it is, but they they really need a, a coach to go there if it's an Alistair Clarkson or a Ross Lyon to you know bring the best out of out of that talent that they've got there. They started off the year in fantastic form uh, before the stoppage of the season. They beat Geelong by 32 points, uh, and then they come out the next week and lose to to North. Uh, and then they lost to the Bulldogs the week after that. And then they'll come out and beat Collingwood, who were, you know, in, in form at that stage of the year as well. So they beat teams that are in the finals sometimes and they, you know, get themselves up for those games. And then other games, they just, they, they don't show anything. It's really, really concerning. All right, all right Pez, you, you, you're right. They don't, don't show anything. And we forget that this team has won, uh, have, have been, played in a grand final and prelims in the last last three years. You know, they, 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 they surprised everyone in that first year and, you know, beat Sydney in, the, in round one and they end up making a, a prelim final. They um, A couple of years ago, they lost to the Doggies, as we all know famously. They beat Collingwood last year and they made it into a grand final. Question without notice. They, they obviously missed this year this year's final. If they play the same sort of brand of football, you assume that they're not going to get a changing coach. In the long run, who wins a premiership first, GWS or Gold Coast? And maybe a quick answer for you, but... Have a think about it. If they miss this next year's opportunity, their list obviously is going to get raided because of talent. Is Gold Coast in a better starting spot in their area and the growth of football with Brisbane, or is GWS the place that uh, people are going to be more attracted to? Oh, yeah, that's um, I can't believe we're actually considering this with the with the graveyard of of the Gold Coast Suns. But you look at their performance; it's just it's just not there. They've probably got uh, yeah, another shot at it if they can try and get some consistent footy, but they don't get the ball inside 50 enough. And I think there's other teams that are way, way too good and their, their window will close and Gold Coast, I'm not sure it will ever open, but um, Gold Coast probably, I would say if I had to put anything down on it, I would say Gold Coast. Just because of their starting position, obviously they've, they've, they've had the starting position. They've had the, the terrible lead. They're now they're, they realize they're starting to build a great culture. GWS have had already built that culture, but they haven't been able to execute and as we know, GWS is absolute just a raiding ground for, for talent. Everyone wants to leave GWS as soon as they get established. 
they've been able to keep some talent there, but I sort of tend to agree in terms of the long run. If GWS don't win one next year, yeah, if they don't, if they don't fix their style of football and they don't win one next year, let's say they miss the eight again next year, I'd have to put my money on Gold Coast, considering they're starting to really, you know, lock down some talent, some young talent. Yeah, I, I would totally agree. You got Raoul down there, who's you know the assistant coach there down on the boundary line <laughs> at the moment, and uh, getting some valuable lessons with that shoulder injury. But he, um, he's a bit of a star, and Gold Coast are building that bit of culture, and people will want to stay at that club, and they're they're actually putting effort in, and that's something that GWS isn't doing. Why are they not putting effort in? Are they not buying in? Do they are they there for their paycheck? Uh, What's happening? And I thought Toby Green was the heart and soul of that team. He comes back in and they still lose to clubs like Melbourne and St Kilda. So uh, it's just really concerning and it's it's not looking good for them because they did make a grand final last year. I can't believe they re-signed a coach before they need to because, you know what, you know, as I say and what I believe about coaches source, no one else is after Leon Cameron at the moment. No one, no one was going after him. So you don't need to lock him into a contract. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't understand why the clubs do that. Um, you know, like it's not like the, the, the you know, Leon Cameron's going to walk. You might as well see where he is at the end of the season. Say, hey, you know what? We'll, we'll review at the end of the season. And you know what? If they're one of those coaches that are like sitting there going, you know what? Oh, well, you need to give me an offer. I'm going to, I'm going to walk. And then you don't want them there anyway. If they haven't bought into it and they don't want to be there, then see you later. Put them out anyway. Even if they are, you know, the best person for the job, if they don't want to be there when, when the going gets tough, then you don't want them there. See you later. Get them out. Yep. Or they can't perform or they can't get their players to perform. And there's there's something there. I can't put my finger on it what's wrong because you look at this list every single week and on paper, even last night against St. Kilda, you go, geez, GWS are a crack here. But if you watch them closely and watch them closely for the previous two weeks against Adelaide and then Melbourne, they just haven't shown anything. It's It's quite unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And most people had them, you know, predicted to finish top, probably win a premiership, and for them to miss the eighth, and, you know, they're probably going to finish, what, 10th? They'll probably finish 10th, maybe maybe even lower than 10th is disgusting, but maybe that's what they need. Maybe they need that fall from grace to be everyone to reflect and be like, hey, what the hell? Well, this is not good enough. And I really am looking forward to their end-of-season review and see, uh, and you know, hopefully there's one of those moments where they have the, uh, the old sit-around, the old famous Geelong sit-around-the-circle Players go in the middle and just uh, where egos are all laid out on the table because they are so much fun to watch with all that talent there. I hope they can find that form again and and that exciting brand of football that that you and I helped us paint that town uh, orange. Yeah, no one's... No one's selling out of uh, orange paint these days. Uh, no, nowhere because not. finishing tenth on the letter and missing the missing the finals. Uh, orange paint will be available for everyone that wants to do some home renos uh, during this lockdown. So don't worry about that being sold out. Yes, don't worry about that being sold out. Pez, speaking of sold out, we are running out of time. We are close. It's not not normal, not normal for Pez for us to to be close to the to the um, actual tip off of the game. We are what three hours away from the game, so we we better get into the. Uh, Bet slip of round 18. The fact that the size of the bets was relatively small. Now bets with an opportunity about 50 metres out. I was with a mate and um, we were getting getting sort of ready to leave and he, he said, um, I think I'm going to whack 10 on, on Maxi. Do you want do you want some as well? And I, I said... Pez, welcome to, well not just Pez, welcome to everyone, to our round 18 bet slip. Pez, have you got specials for us this week? 
Arsenal oh, the special. special and goes bang. Come on, Bruce. How rude is that? <laughs> uh, the specials were actually tweeted out at Behind the Bound before the round source with our bets for the first game of the round. And uh, they mostly revolved around the Thursday and Friday matches as well with um, Sportsbet not having anything today and things like that. So, uh, yeah, no, no, nothing new to add. Oh, maybe I hit the specials button because it's uh, just for me. Does that mean I open sports better? Open it up this morning and don't you turn off that camera there, Piers? I'm gone. Uh, I had a nice little, uh, little, little, <laughs> little um, promo there, an exclusive for the source. Don't know why they obviously uh, have not seen my track record over the last three years of taking money from them, but hey, I'll take advantage of it most definitely. I've got an exclusive: all sports, not just AFL, NRL, NBA, all week, same game multis, three legs. One leg fails, money back in a bonus. Thank you very much, Sportsbet. Pez, did you get an exclusive from uh, Sportsbet? Oh, you know the answer to that. Don't you? <laughs> I don't even get power plays on Sportsbet. I get nothing <laughs> on that. Um, the, the alternate account's got nothing either. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know how you get these exclusive offers. And people on Twitter are always posting they get the their three same-game multis and stuff. But I just, uh, yeah, can't take advantage of that when that happens because... I've, I've never got an exclusive offer. Never. Well, Pez, it might come back to bite me in the ass because last time I got an exclusive bet from PointsBet, uh, the next round they banned me. <laughs> so um, hopefully, fingers <laughs> crossed, that doesn't happen again. Maybe they're just testing the waters, see if I can uh, um, take advantage of those specials. So maybe I might be a little bit cautious this week and not try and win money. <laughs> like I have any control in that. Let's be silly, Pez. I've got some great <laughs> bets for this round. I'm very happy with my bet slip. I know you were waiting to hear from that. Let's get into things. Start things off with uh, the chance for Melbourne to really solidify their finals. They just need to beat Essendon, uh, and they probably need a couple of other results to go their way. Essendon, Melbourne. Essendon come in as the outsiders, $2.60. Melbourne, $1.50 favourites. The line is 12.5, Pez. You having a bite at this one? Yeah, I am. I think it's uh, too important for Melbourne because they do have a chance playing before some other teams. So they don't know what the results of the other games are yet. So if they win this, they will actually be in the eight after this game and have to have other results happen, obviously. But they can only control that. So all they have to do is beat Essendon. Essendon have been quite poor uh, this season. So uh, the Essendon supporters will also be happy that this season will be over as well. And so I think Melbourne can get the win here, Source, and uh, Clayton Oliver to get uh, 20 disposals is pretty safe usually each week. So I've just done a little Source special, two legs together. Uh, obviously, no exclusive offers over at my account. So $1.72, that gets me. Uh, I'll put 30 on it. Yeah, nice little uh, Source special. I don't mind the ring to that, little two-leg Source special. Uh, and if it is special, pairs, it definitely will get up. So good luck to that one. You are right. Oliver has been um, an absolute beast getting the, the 20 disposals. I've gone with his uh, counterpart, uh, his uh, his partner in crime, Christian Petrarca, to get 20 uh, disposals. There's only been three games this year that uh, between the two of them that that hasn't happened. So we're in good stead for that, pairs. I've gone with uh, Jaden Laverde to get a goal and Adam Saad to get 15, which he did in his sleep. You counted it at right, pairs. One, two, three, three legs, same game, multi, $4 odds. I've whacked 20 on that one, but I have to disagree with you. I think that this one is a real danger game for, for um, Melbourne. Obviously for Melbourne and GWS and St Kilda and all these teams that try and, um, you know, hold their own fate in their hands. When games are important, they don't seem to perform. So I actually don't mind the value of Essendon's line either at 12.5, which I'm not going to jump on, but I actually think that Essendon might be one of those teams that absolutely pip and put a put a nice little thorn in Melbourne's finals hopes. 
Well, that's the only thing they got to play for, isn't it? Let's see. Is that their motivation that the the coach goes with? Hey, we can uh, we can eliminate them from the finals. Let's uh, let's focus on doing that today. Um, it, it's interesting what the last round can uh, pop up when teams are fully out of it and teams are relying on other things to happen. So, uh, interesting interesting type of type of game. Yeah, most definitely. Speaking of a game that I don't know if it'll be interesting, but uh, Adelaide is the red-hot team on a three-game winning streak and surprising pairs. They go in as outsiders against Richmond at $4.50. Um, Richmond are favourites $1.20. The line is 22.5. The game is at Adelaide Oval. It is a 5-10 twilight time slot. What have you got in this one? Oh, absolutely nothing because Adelaide <laughs> over the last three weeks. What's, uh, what's going on there? Now, I'm, I'm definitely... Uh, Staying away from this because um, Richmond just need to win to make the top four. So Richmond should get the should get the chocolates, but a dollar twenty, uh, not not enough uh, little value there to to risk that. It is at Adelaide Oval as well, so Richmond should be able to win. No Tom Lynch with that hamstring injury from last week, but um, yeah, it's, I'm not sure about this one. That's why I'm steering clear. It does have that vibe, doesn't it, Pez? Where it's like Adelaide are the informed team. If they win this, they can get off the bottom of the ladder. They can actually um, jump North Melbourne. Which you know, um, th- that would be definitely their motivation. Um, Richmond, I mean, they, they obviously have to win to try and get themselves a top four spot. But you think that Geelong are going to win anyway? You, you might have and no one else really can catch them for fifth spot. So it's really interesting this one, uh, and that's why I haven't steered clear with it, Pez, because I've got to take advantage of this uh, exclusive offer. But I've gone something a little bit cheeky instead. So I've gone something a little bit cheeky instead because. Ugh, as you said, I don't want to be risking a large portion of money, so I've only got the t- cheeky 10 on it. I've gone with my main man, Ben Keys, mate, him to get back on track and get 15. I've gone with Liam Baker uh, to get 15 or more disposals. He's been really great in that midfield uh, and, you know, sort of getting a lot of the, the pill. And I've gone with uh, your man, Shane McAdam. Shane McAdam, Pez. I know you've been on Stangle, haven't you? But I've liked the, the look yeah. of uh, McAdam up forward, uh, and I've actually gone for him to get two goals, which I think is extreme value. Last week he had five scoring shots. Uh, the week before he had four scoring shots. Hopefully he can get his kicking boots on and score two. You can get that odds on its own at five bucks, which is amazing. Uh, so if that's five bucks on its own, you add two legs, that gives me a $12 same leg same game multi-pairs. Put the 10 on that. We'll be returning 120 so you can lock that into the bank. Yeah, very, very cheeky there. Uh, McAdam has been in absolute ripping form, and I, I guess Adelaide fans have got something to look forward to because he, he takes strong marks down there. He, he gets in the right positions, and uh, yeah, has has some shots at goal. So hopefully, he can do that against that Richmond defence, and we'll wait and we'll see. Yeah, he's looked really, really promising, and he just lacks that sort of little refineness at the moment. You know, that shot on goal, he takes a really great mark. Um, and hopefully he can get uh, get the get it on today, and hopefully he can get, get through and uh, get source a nice little exclusive, uh, cheeky, big return. So I'll be looking forward to uh, reviewing that to tomorrow morning. <laughs> All right, let's get into the next one, Pez. We've got the the Saturday night game, the last one for our round, eighteen point five, Brisbane versus Carlton. Brisbane obviously going as uh, heavy favourites, a dollar eighteen. Carlton disappointing this year, and their odds reflect that. Five dollar outsiders. The line's twenty six and a half. Pez, what are you doing in this one? Oh, uh, we're getting cheeky in this one, Sauce. Cheeky. Uh, definitely, I, I do in, enjoy uh, these little cheeky bets source as well. So what I've gone with is just a three-legger, no exclusive offer, but Charlie Cameron to score two or more goals, Eric Hipwood to score two or more goals, and Daniel McStay to be an anytime goal scorer. I think Brisbane win and win by a, a bit of a margin. So those 
three together, they'll kick uh, five goals between them if that if that's up there, and that's seven dollars that that pays. Ah, the old $7 cheeky multi there, Pez. And if Brisbane do win by a big margin, then that probably will happen. Uh, a little bit worried about uh, Charlie Cameron there, mate. He's been a little bit up and down in form. Um, hopefully he can bounce back for you there. Yeah, I, I think Brisbane really need him to start firing and, and get back into the form he was in in the in this early part of the season. And this is a great opportunity for them to, you know, get around Charlie Cameron for, for a bit of form heading into a final series. Most definitely, and that's what you want going into a final series. A big win, confidence, and, uh, yeah, the support of your team to, to make sure that you find that form that you, you captured earlier in the year. So hopefully Brisbane can do that uh, against Carlton. That's it, and um, we'll, have to, we'll have to stop that there and head off here and uh, enjoy the Saturday of footy, and we get the teams tonight on the on Saturday, about 6.25 for the Sunday games, and uh, we'll do a cheeky punch show tomorrow on the, the Sunday morning. So we get to spend all weekend together, Sauce. Oh, I love that. Uh, and but before you go and before you cut me off, I do have a, a three-leg same, uh, not same game multi, a round multi for our for our pod. You remember, remember how we do the multis every now and then, Pez? So just, uh, just yeah, don't get nearly, a, don't every, get a, nearly every week. Don't get ahead of yourself there, mate. <laughs> I've only got one of the teams playing uh, today in my multi. I've got Richmond to win head-to-head, which uh, we said it's a bit of a 50-50 game, but in trying to find a, a multi that actually gets some value, uh, they're the, the best sort of market there. I think that they will get the job done, but I uh, wouldn't be putting a margin bet on it. I've got Geelong head-to-head and Port Adelaide head-to-head. As I said, small one, 245 power played it, $10 on that one for a nice little return. Yeah, uh, well, good luck. And that's why you're putting it on today, obviously, because you've got uh, one of the games from today. I don't have a multi yet, so uh, keep an eye out for that tomorrow. Yeah, most definitely. Make sure you jump on our Twitter for Behind the Bound to see all those exclusives. Jump on our iTunes and leave us a five-star review or a uh, nice little comment and uh, support for how well we're doing and uh, how uh, I continue to get sports bets, some exclusive bets for me. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> sure thing. Uh, you take that exclusive to the bank and, and see how we go. We've got to uh, watch game one of the Western Conference Finals in the NBA to start off the day and then into a triple header of footy. So I'll enjoy that. I'm, I'm Pez. Peace out. I'm still Sauce. We'll catch up next time, guys. And if you're having a punt, as always, bet responsibly. Now you're gone.